0: quick few dedications. A dear friend of mine, Rafal Machol Sternleib, is uh, dedicating tonight's class in honor of his brother's first Yardzeit. Just tonight, Chaf Aleph Oder. his name is Shloima Avram Lior, Ben Menachem Mendel, Hakohin. May some Shama have a great Aliyah to the greatest of heights. May he channel lots of brachas to you. And for all that you need and all that you want. And it should be only only good things, good, wonderful, happy occasions in the family from now and onward. The another dedication on the sheer I'm gonna dedicate this class. It's interesting I ended up with ended up but that's the way the Abishta runs the world, with two grandmothers' sites, back to back. My father's mother, which his yard site is tonight, and my mother's mother is yard First yard site is tomorrow night. So my grandmother's yard site, my father's mother, which yard site is tonight? Her name is Chanetzivia Baas Rebbe Yecheskel. May your neshama have a great, great, great aliyah. And this chusta the merit of all those who listen to the she'er, and much brachis to um, everyone. And another dedication, and that's for my other grandmother, who's tomorrow night, Rivka. Bas, so may her neshama have a great aliyah, the greatest of heights. And uh, also a lot of blessings to the family. And everybody should be back here, because here is where all the ladies definitely are getting ready for Mashiach down here. So the time is ripe for everybody to come back. you agree, Michael? Okay. Um, the CD... This week was dedicated by the Smoliansky family. And this is in honor of a grandmother whose yard site is going to be the 23rd of Adar, Esther Bas Reb Naftali. Much, much brachas to the entire Smoliansky family. May she channel a lot of brachas to all of you for only good, happiness, and wonderful, wonderful things. And last but not least, there's a second dedication on the CD this week, and this is by Velvel Tzikmin. This is honor of his birthday. May the Ebrush to benchem with a bracha not The twenty sixth of Adar, the Ebrush to Bench, you Velvel with a bracha not and only only good, wonderful, wonderful things. Thank you. Um, this week Shabbos, we're entering into, or Shabbos Mevorchen, Chodesh Adar. Now, it's already Adar now, because this year we have two Adors, but uh, we're going to bench Chodesh Adar Sheini. And it's interesting. The main adorn on which we keep Purim, which we celebrate Purim, is an Adar Sheini, not an Adarisha. and And which, which gives us a very interesting thing, is that what happens is that the two, because there's two adars, the second adar ends up being much greater than a regular year. Why is it greater than a regular year? Because we have a greater warm-up. We started already Mishanachna's adar marbin besimcha, the joy of adar started already four weeks earlier, and not only that, we have a preparation of Purim cotton, Purim cotton. And then Shushan Purim Khatan, which are holy days, which already kind of season us to a certain degree for Purim. And then when you get the second Adar, and it comes Purim now, which is like the second Purim of the year, it's far more of an intense Purim, and a more powerful Purim. It's a more potent Purim. And that's the reason why it's actually called Purim Gadal. The simple reason why it's called the big Purim. The simple reason why it's called the big Purim is just because we don't mix it up with the small Purim. Since we have two Purims, the little Purim and the big Purim. So this is the big Purim relative to the other Purim. But really in truth, it's called the big Purim because it's greater than all other Purims. Because Purims of a regular year is, 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 is just Purim. It's not cotton and it's not gadol. It's just regular. This year's Purim is a super Purim. It's a Purim Gadol. And that's special. That is really special. So what happens when Chaydish Adar comes in? So Chaydish Adar, we know, Mishanechnas Adar Marvin Besimcha. When Adar comes in, we increase the joy. We up the joy. And that applies to the second Adar as well that no matter how much joy and happiness we had in the first Adar, we take it to a whole new level in the second Adar. So that's one idea for Chodesh Adar. There's something else that happens in Chodesh Adar, also related to the Shabbos. And that is that, that when the first day of Adar comes, the Bezdin would send out, in the time of the Beis HaMikdash, would send out announcers to announce to all the communities and all the places that everybody should get ready to give the Machtsas Shekel. It was a yearly donation that everybody had to give, the Machtsas Shekel. Now, the donation was used to buy karbonis. All the communal sacrifices, all the karbonis were bought from this money. And they used it for the entire year. When did they change from last year's money? Last year's donation to the next year to start using the new year. Well, at the time when it's the new year for the Mishkan, when is or the Beis Amigdash? What's considered the new year for the Beis Hamikdash? Well, when was the first time that the Beis Hamikdash was open for business? What was the first day? Well, the Mishkan and the Midbar was inaugurated and opened up on Rosh Chodesh Nissan. So, Rosh Hashanah for the Mishkan is Rosh Chodesh Nisan, in, the, in that sense. comes out that every year on Rosh Chodesh Nisan is where they started using the new money. Even if there was money left over still from last year, they would put that aside, use it for other things. But for the communal sacrifices, they used the new money. In order that they would have new money already on Rosh Chodesh Nisan, they had to start the collections a month earlier. So Rosh Chodesh Adar, so the Mishnah says, Masech that on the first day of Adar, they start the big campaign, the Shkalim campaign. It's an appeal. Everybody should bring it. And because of that, we make a a symbol for that. So the Chazal were in, also instituted that we should lane in shul Parsha either on Rosh Chodesh Adar, or if Rosh Chodesh Adar comes out on Shabbos. And that would be literally a Be'echod when, Be'odar When we take out the Sefer Torah and read, in addition to Parsha's HaShavuah, we will also read the first paragraph of Parsha's Kisisa, which is last week's Parsha, the Parsha's Shkolem. Or, like this year, the Shabbos before adar, Shabbos Mevorchem Ador, that's when we read this Shkolem. So now, what do we have over here? We have two things unrelated or seemingly unrelated that both of them start in Rosh Chodesh Adar number 1 we we start the purim festivities mishneachnas adar marben besimcha and the marben besimcha the increased joy of adar is because of purim that that's what the increased joy is so in a sense purim starts and the other thing is shkalim begin we have a mitzvah of giving the shekel which now we only do as a Zecher in Shul, Tainas Esther, everybody gives a Machtas shekel kind of thing. Hopefully with the Ebrishter's help, especially with all the tremendous effort of the Holy Woman of the Jewish people, which is so exciting to hear, is like hopefully going to enable us to really bring Shkollim this year. That We really give the Machtas So because we have a third base on Migdash. In any case... My question tonight is, what's the relationship between these two seemingly unrelated things? Mishanechnes Adar Marbin Besimcha, and the mitzvah of the first day of Adar is when we start the campaign for the Shkolim. Now Shkolim and Purim, you don't really have to look too far, everybody can figure it out. The Gemara says in Masechtes Megillah that when Haman decided to annihilate the Jewish people, and said he's going to bribe Achashveresh. And he brought him 10,000 talents of silver. Kick carcasses. So the Abishta laughed at Haman. And the Abishta said, You think you'll be successful using money to destroy my people? To destroy my children? I beat you to it. Or they beat you to it. They've been doing a mitzvah in this month. Of Adar, when you want to destroy them in the month of Adar, they've been doing already a mitzvah with shkalem way before you are coming with your shkalem. So their shkalem overpowers your shkalem, and therefore you're going to be you're doomed to fail. Oh, there we go. So we have already a connection between shkalem to uh, to purim, because the shkalem is like the Gemara tells us always that baruchu, lamaka. that the Abishter always Hashem always gives us the healing before You know, a good nurse when they or a doctor when they give you a shot you know, they prepare already the band-aid or they're doing a blood test they already get it ready so the Abishter does the same thing he gives us the refuah before the Makkah so he gave us a mitzvah of Shkolen before we got the zets from Haman that terrible decree Hashem already uh, saved us by giving us a mitzvah to to uh, Divert that decree or to annul that decree. That could be the connection. Problem over here is that then it's not the essential mitzvah of shkalem that is related to Purim. It's, there's something about, something that came out of the shkalem that, that impacted Purim. Now, there's a schus of the shkalem that we started doing a few, about a thousand years earlier which gave us chusim, the merit of tzedakah that saved us from, uh, from, from, from the decree of Haman. But the essential giving of, of a shekel per se, on its own, I mean, other than the schus of a mitzvah, is there a deeper connection between the mitzvah of shkalim itself that we're doing with Purim? I'll be past this on the simple level. The reason we begin shkalim in chaydesh Adar has nothing to do with Purim. As we said earlier, it's because we have to prepare the money to buy the kerbanos, which is something that we start on new on Pesach, on, Pesach, on Nisan. happens to be that Adar is the month before Nisan. And if it would have been Shvat, if the last month of the year would have been Shvat, then it would have been Shvat. In other words, the whole mitzvah of Shkolem doesn't have anything in it inherently to do with Adar. Or maybe it does, that's the question. Doesn't really have a connection. So let's see if we can find that connection. Not only that, we always know that the Parsha that we read, Parsha Sashavua, is always connected to the time that it's read. So when we analyze the Parsha, when we open up the Parsha, and we get, especially when we get to the Neshama of the Parsha, to the soul of the Parsha, then we can see that in the Parsha is reflected the energy of that particular yamtiv, that particular. So what, what's the yamtiv that we're talking about right now? We're talking about choydish ador, the joy of ador, the shkolem of ador, Nas mar besimcha and how does that relate to Parsha VaYakel? And the truth is that this vayakel theme of Parshas VaYakel is so pertinent and so exciting, Especially now, uh, uh, it's unbelievable, and its connection to Shkolem, as we're going to see in a few minutes. So let's first analyze just a couple of questions regarding the parsha, VaYakil. What's the theme of the parsha? The Eibushter asked Moshe Rabbeinu to build to tell the Jewish people we're going to build a Mishka. Moshe Rabbeinu comes off the mountain, and it's, or it's the day after Yom Kippur. He just received the second Luchas. Yidin did tshuva. For the Chet HaEgel. Moshe Rabbeinu just received the second tablets, the Luchas. He comes down, and he has a special mitzvah for the Jewish people. A project, a campaign. And what's that great campaign project? We're going to build a home for Hashem. Unbelievable. He gathers all the Jewish people together. Vayakel Moshe. He makes a huge gathering, Allah suzamen, everybody's getting together, because he's going to tell them about building a mishkan. But as an introduction to building the mishkan, Moshe Rabbeinu warns them about keeping Shabbos. So the order of the psukim and pashas Vayakel, it begins with a gathering, which is very unique. Because Moshe Rabbeinu is always talking to the Jewish people throughout the 40 years in the Midbar. He's always talking to them. He's giving them many mitzvahs. You're going to go through the parishes, as we go through Chumash. Vayidaber Moshe, Moshe, Moshe. Moshe is always speaking to them. But rarely do we have Vayakel, that he gathers everybody. You have that, and Parshas Nitzavim, Atem Nitzavim, Vayoyim Kuchem, he gathers all the Jewish people. Rashi says Pasha's Kedoshim is special, so there was everybody was gathered. But even in those places it doesn't say Vayakel, that he went and he gathered everybody. And over here, Dafka, the Torah says, Vayakil Moishes call b'nei Yisrael. So for some reason, right at this junction and right at this point, it was extremely important that all Jews to get together. It should be a powerful achdus and unity of the Jewish people. So what's this junction? What's happening right now? Now let's continue. It seems like the main message that Moshe was giving the Yidin was the mitzvah of building a mishka. That's what we've been learning already in Truma Tetzaveh. But in Truma Tetzaveh, the earlier parashios and Kisisa, we were learning Hashem commanding it to And Now Moshe is giving it over to the Jewish people. And that's the main thing. Technical um, issue. We don't want Yidden, to chas be so excited about the Mishka. And as a result of that, maybe they'll be negligent in Shabbos. Because you're not allowed to build a Mishkan on Shabbos. The building of the Mishkan has to take place dafka during the week. So you have to warn the Jewish people that they shouldn't do what? they shouldn't do malach on Shabbos even the mishkan even though it's very important don't do it on Shabbos if that's the case so the order seems seems incorrect should have first told us Moshe commanding the Jewish people about the, the campaign that they should bring the gold the silver and everything and after he instructs them he should say by the way all of this is not going to is not, shouldn't interfere with Shabbos. And we talk see that where, when Hashem instructed Moshe, when Hashem instructed Moshe and Parsha's, Hashem first instructs about building a Mishkan. And only after the building of the Mishkan and Parsha's, Hashem says, Visham e ha that you should keep Shabbos. And that's it. That's the same commandment that Hashem commanded Moshe in Pashas see So Moshe is relating it in Pashas Vayakim. But when the Abishter is commanding Moshe and which order is it that Shabbos comes after. And it makes sense. Because Shabbos is, a, is only a detail over here. Hashem is not giving us the mitzvah of Shabbos. He's giving us the mitzvah of Mishkan. Which Shabbos is a detail. So give me Mishkan and then give us a clause. By the way, footnote... Keep Shabbos. That's what it makes, and that's why Hashem Taked did it. Why isn't Parshas VaYakil? It's the opposite. Moshe Rabbeinu speaks to the Yidden about Shabbos and then about the Mishkan. That leads us to a deeper understanding that what that telling the Jewish people about Shmirah Shabbos is not only it's not only to avoid chas shalom that people should do an Avera that they, that they should chas be mechal Shabbos when they're building the Mishkan. It's not only for that. But it's actually an introduction for the building of the Mishkan. The Yidn will not be able to build a Mishkan unless they first have the message of Shabbos. Again, from the very fact that he puts this first, you can see that it was necessary. Building the Mishkan is something that is unaccomplishable if you don't first know, and you don't have the mitzvah or the warning about Shemir Shabbos. So we need to understand the connection. Out of all the things that it tells us not to do on Shabbos, there's no details about Shabbos over here. All it says, let me read to you what it says about Shabbos, the beginning of Ayakil. It says, It Six days work should be done, Seventh day should be holy, Shabbos, a double resting, fine, whoever does work will be put to death do not ignite any fires in all your in all your settlements. Now we know the Alama esmaluches thirty nine main categories of work. One of them is lighting fire. How come dafka over here as an introdu- as we're saying now as an introduction to building the mishkan? The one thing we are told is not to, is to is to be is, is, is not to light any fires. So we have to say that not lighting the fire, this particular instruction, is the important point of Shabbos that the Jewish people need in order for them to build a Mishkan. From all the yonim of Shabbos, the one inyan that they really need, the message that they need to go home with, so that they can use Shabbos as an empowerment to build a Mishkan, is not in the other Lama Tes Malachis, it's primarily in not lighting a fire on Shabbos. So we need to know why. Okay, everybody still remember all the questions? Good. Now, one more thing. One more thing. One more detail. When it tells you that on, shop, that on six days you should work and on the seventh day you should rest, the way the Torah tells it to us is as follows Shayshas Yamim, six days, Te'asem Malacha. Work should be done. It's a little strange because the right diktuk should have been six days you should do work Shabbos you should rest the tease almost implies that the work gets done on its own six days let the work get done but that's not the case six days we work it doesn't just get done on its own and the other thing it says what happens on Shabbos what happens in Shabbos? Shabbos Shabbosin. A complete resting. A double resting. Shabbos Shabbosin. A complete resting. Why the Shabbos Shabbosin? It's Shabbos. In Aseris Adibris it didn't say Shabbos Shabbosin. There are other times in the Torah where it mentions Shabbos Shabbosin. Which means an, an emphasis. It's not just a regular resting. It's a super resting. Shabbos Shabbosin. So we need to understand why over here, I think this is the first time where it mentions Shabbos, Shabbos, regarding to Shabbos. So to the understand everything we ask. You see, the teachings over here that we're going to expound on are, it's not a word that answers these questions. These are life-altering ideas that when you appreciate them, understand that it, it like gives you a whole, a whole approach to life whole approach to living life, living as a Jew and understanding the entire purpose of creation and of existence and also the unbelievable schus that we have to be living at the times that we're living right now. But okay, in order to get to all of that. So here's the idea. As I mentioned earlier, Rashi tells us that Vayakil happened the day after Yom Kippur. L'machras Yom The first Yom Kippur, Moshe Rabbeinu comes down the mountain, Vayakal Moshe. Why is this Vayakel happening a day after Yom Kippur? Because the making of the Mishkan, which is the project over here in this parsha, is the completion of Matan Torah. The greatest event in Jewish history is Matan Torah. Hashem came down and spoke to the Jewish people. And gave us his Torah and he gave us his mitzvahs. But the ultimate purpose of Matan Torah wasn't realized and completed by Matan Torah. It was completed in Asiyah Samishkan. What was the point of the Matan Torah? The point of Matan Torah is not that the Eberster just gave us a system that we can live a holy life and score a lot of points. And get a lot of olam Haba. That's not the purpose of the giving of the Torah. The purpose of the giving of the Torah is really the deepest purpose of existence, the deepest purpose of creation. The Eibishter had a dream, and the Abishtar had a burning desire, and which sparks the cosmos, which sparks creation. The only reason the Eibishter created the world, Hashem brought all of creation into existence, is because Hashem had a desire to have a home in the lower worlds. Which means Hashem wanted to create an entity, a reality, a world, an existence that's diametrically opposed to His truth. A world that denies Him. A world that, 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 that is at odds, that, that, that is in conflict with Him. A world that when you look at it, it seems to obscure and block and, 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 and say there is no Eberster, Chas, And what does Hashem want? That... His unity and his truth should be revealed Dafka, in this most challenging of environments. So he creates this world, which is considered the lowest of worlds, because we know the Gashniyistical world comes after a sequence of many, 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 many spiritual levels. Those spiritual levels are all, all aglow with godly light, they're all filled with divine consciousness. They sing to one creator in unison and harmony. Gazillions of gazillions of angels above. Of Malachim, Shrofim, Oifanim, Chayas HaKodesh. It's spectacular. It's beautiful. The that doesn't get any Nachas out of those worlds. And that's not the purpose of creation. The purpose of the creation is a world full of Yetzahara, full of darkness, full of problems, full of questions, full of doubts. And, we, and, we, and our work as the Jewish people is to sort things out. Till the time will come. When, the, when Hashem Himself will be able to reveal Himself in this world. And our world will become It will become a seat for Hashem to reveal Himself. And in the world that's fragmented, a world that's referred to as harabim, the public domain. Public domain is that every creature and every being claims that it's the God of its own space and of its own reality. And that I created myself, and I live my life for myself to do whatever I like, whatever makes me happy, and that's what my existence is all about. In that very world, and therefore, it's a world full of war, full of conflict, because when you put a few billion gods, right? If you put a few billion gods into one small space, some gods are going to go kill the other gods, right? Because every god feels he's entitled to everything. When I say God's chas v'shalom, what I mean is, if you don't sense and recognize a singular source, source that's creating us, that means that, what, that a person, an entity, becomes a god unto its own. You become a self-sufficient being that's not serving anything other than yourself. And that's the klippa, that's the darkness of this world. But what's going to be when Mashiach comes? The world is going to be an enlightened world. The world is going to be filled with knowledge of God. And together with the knowledge of Hashem comes what? An unbelievable achdos of all of humanity and all of existence. All of creation will make one bond. To do your will with a a complete heart. Why? Why? Because when every creature and every being realizes deeply, inherently, from its kishkas, from its in from its guts, from its inner being, that the Abishhtar is the source of its his or her existence, of his or her life, and all everything that I own and everything that I possess is here and being given to me right at this very moment, Yashmayain, from absolute nothingness. And why do I breathe? Who gives me breath? Who gives me life and every dollar that I have and everything that I own and every pleasure that I have and every one Abishter gives it to me for what purpose? for me to serve Him in a what? and for me to make a unique contribution that only I can make and no one else can make but we're all like part of one symphony everybody plays a different musical everybody plays a different instrument but together we create music and that music has to come from all the, all the different parts but we gotta work together and that's only when we recognize there's the singular truth that bonds us all. And what's that? Hashem Echad, Ushma Echad. So the main avoid in this world is to make from Rishus Arabim, from the world of the many, from the pluralistic world, a Rishus L'Yechidei Shal Olam, for the singular one, which is Hashem, the singular true power of the world. And that's going to be revealed by Mashiach. To initiate, to initiate this whole, this whole this whole process. It all begins by Matan Torah. Because when the to the Torah was given, Hashem was hidden, hidden, hidden way up there in Shamayim. And on earth down here, Shammai, the says, Hashamaim, Shemaim, Hashem, the heavens are filled with God's light. And the earth he gave to people. And the early cultures, early peoples, until today, many people, declare very loudly, "Azza Hashem, Hashem left the earth." or there's, or there's a question whether, whether whether to begin with is a Abish there is a God. So the medrash says an interesting thing. When Hashem created the world, he made a machitzah. Hashem created a border. Hashem created a wall, and Hashem said that no one passes this wall. What was, the, what was the content of the wall? The wall was that the spiritual is spiritual. Whatever is above the wall is holy and godly, infused with Hashem's akhtuz. And whatever is below the world is unholy. And that's why, and, that, and Hashem, that you can't cross. That means you can't reveal kedusha and truth below the wall, below the partition. And the Medrash gives a marshal to a king who divided his country into two parts. And he said, anybody that lives in the north can't go to the south, anybody that lives in the south can't go to the north. Finished. Can't pass. Then one day the king decides, you know what, I am breaking, uh, breaking the wall, but I'm, a, I'm opening up the border. So we can cross from one side to the other side. And I'm the one starting. And that's Matan Torah. Matan Torah is the first time there was a display of the divine down here. And Olam is, gosh me, in this world... That was awesome. Was his And what happened? What happened when Hashem came down on Har Sin and He spoke? We all, and we, all, we all melted. But in addition to that, everybody fell silent. The entire world surrendered. All of reality perceived that MS and that truth, even though it was only for a split, for a short while, for, a, for I don't know how long Matan Torah took—maybe half an hour, an hour, whatever it was. But for that short period of time. All of creation was unified with absolute unity. Now why doesn't, that, why doesn't that suffice? That's only the beginning. The reason why that's not, that's insufficient, is because Hashem did it, not us. And anything that happens when you're not the one doing it, and someone does it for you, it doesn't last. It's not true. It's not your truth. It's His truth. He is overwhelming you with His truth, so you're like buying into it, but only because He's like... He is forcing that, He's compelling that truth into, into us, onto us. But it's not our truth. It has to become ours. And ours it's only going to become through our efforts. For that, to that end, the Eber Hashem gave us Torah and Mitzvahs. And we the Jewish people are an Am echod, as we say in davening, Atah Echod, Veshimcha Echod, Umi um, Mika Amcha yisrael Goy Echod, the next word is the most important word. you're one. Hashem is one. your name is one. Mika Amcha Yisroel, who's like your Jewish people? Goyechod, we're a nation of oneness. But the chiddush over here is that even though Hashem is is way up there, the uniqueness of the Jewish people is the ba'aretz on the earth, in our earth, where it's so easy to become to become sucked in. To the lies of 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 denial of the of Hashem, it's so easy to become self-absorbed. Instead of serving, directing your life to a service of something bigger and higher and truer than you, this world allows us to become completely caught up in in in, 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 in the, in, the tempor- in, in temporal pursuits of now, of here, of time and space. Do we forget that oneness? the chiddush of the Jewish people, the novelty, goyechad, we are a nation of one, ba'aretz even in the earth. That means, we are megale, we reveal, ha'shem echod, u'shma echad, which is our theme of, as being a Jew, that's what it means to be a Jew. sh'ma ha'shem elekenu, ha'shem echad, that's all Judaism in one line. That our avode is to reveal, achtos ha'shem in this world, through teiremitzis. How exactly that works? Listen to the other 3,000 shirim on Mine Yisrael's website um, In which we discuss this all the time It's what mitzvahs are Every mitzvah reveals the unity, Hashem's truth In all aspects of life In every nakud, in every point Okay That's why the completion of Matan Torah The second phase of Matan Torah is making a mishka First phase is Hashem comes down on a mountain, but that's phase number one. Achtos Hashem is revealed in this world. Hashem is, comes down here, but from above. Now you've got to make a mishkan. Mishkan is our work. So the first project that Moshe Rabbeinu gives us is what? Go home, gather your resources, take your stuff, your belongings, your possessions, and come back. Let's construct a mishkan. Let's make the world holy. See what Moshe is really saying? Moshe is saying now, right after Mount Torah, let's let's begin the project of making the world holy. Holy might not be the best word for it, because then it sounds like you're making the world otherworldly. No, let's begin the project of revealing the MS that's in the world. What's the MS? That everything is Hashem. And how will we do that? We'll use the physical resources to create a mishka. And that's the reason why, right after Matan Torah is over. Now Matan Torah happened on Shavuos, but it wasn't over on Shavuos, because it took 40 days for Moshe to learn the rest of the Torah. Then we had a mishap, and we, and, and we made an eagle, so it took another 80 days. Finally Moshe Rebbe got the second Luchas, went on Yim Kippur. So now Matan Torah is over. Immediately, the next day, what happens? we got to build a Mishkan. Now's the time to start that work of unifying creation from below. So, take but here, here. So here we see an interesting thing. Since the making of the Mishkan is the completion and the culmination of Matan Torah, the giving of the Torah, it is for that reason that the that now at this point the the Jewish people needed to come together, because we find by Matan Torah the introduction to Matan Torah was what. There was just an unbelievable moment. Rashi says that even though we went out of Mitzrayim and we saw the miracles, yet every time we came somewhere and we camped, the natural, animalistic, selfish nature of human beings popped up. Because when you wanted to pitch your tent in the midbar, you understand, you realize, you go in a midbar over there, so there's rocks and stones, so this guy runs around, he finds himself a nice little smooth spot, you know, to make his little tent. And then the other one said, I got it, right? And then they start disputing, and there's a fight, and there's a dispute, and there's arguments, and so on and so forth. We understand the quarrels that happen. Rashi says, every time they camped until that point, but tarum and so when are you fighting? When you're self-centered. That's when you're fighting. Everybody's busy with their own metziahs. You're busy with yourself. By Matan Torah, mysteriously, right before Matan Torah was the only time when they came to Har Sinai, something unbelievable happened to the Jewish people. All their machloikis and all their arguments and all their quarrels dissipated. And suddenly everybody stood, Ki All the Jewish people stood with an achdos. We stood with a powerful unity and oneness. Like one person with one heart. That's phase one of the giving of the Torah. In order for, and the reason is, what's the reason? Simple. If our Avedah through the giving of the Torah is to make unity in the world, to unify all of creation and all of the world, we have to start with the unity of ourselves. Those yidn first have to be unified as one entity, and as we, the nerve center of creation, are unified, come together with a perfect unity, then we can translate that unity into the world as well. But first, there has to be unity within us, and that's why the first phase of Matan Torah, "Ayeichan Shom Yisrael." Ah, now when we got to phase two, which is building the Mishkan, which is actually putting it all into action, Moshe Rabbeinu had to accomplish a second time the unity. So that's why from all parts of the Torah it's Dafka over here Vayakel Moshe Es. Adas Pnei Yisrael Moshe Rabbeinu gathers everybody men, women, children everybody was unified everybody became again But here the unity was even deeper than by Har Sinai even stronger than an Har Sinai How was the unity so strong so powerful Dafka over here more than an Har Sinai is because over the year they were unified. Oh, they all had a singular desire. They had a leiv echad. What unified the Jewish people? Uh, Jews don't need something to unify them. Gentiles need that. Jews don't need that. Because we're inherently one. Oh, but what was our? how did that inherent unity reveal itself? In our singular desire to meet our creator. We all suddenly felt, suddenly all the kite, all the foolish, everything else became petty. and. Ins- the moment we arrived at Har Sinai, it's not like everybody had space exactly for their tent to, to put it in a way where there wouldn't be a stone. There, were, there was a reason for all the arguments, just like in all the other, all the, you know, you took my parking spot. <laughs> There's all, those same arguments where all you got the shady spot I wanted to come there's, there's this you realize in the desert so there's like one Joshua tree over there like 10 Jews want to go around because a little shade oh they had an ananiac covered so it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't apply I don't know whatever else there's reasons to fight for it all these things were there it's just that no one cared about it because everybody was focused on one thing, Negedahar. Everybody was looking at that mountain. We were waiting to see what's going to happen at that mountain. And that was so all consuming. We were f- so overtaken by that powerful yearning of our Neshama to the Abish there. That uni- and that's what unified, that's brought out our Akhtas. But over here, the unity expressed itself not in a very spiritual yearning, but in a physical action that's amazing how did the unity what, where did the, the unity manifest <speaking in Hebrew> the should gather them to do what that they should go home and take their jewelry their belongings their money and they should bring their money for a singular project now hear the amazing thing about this what do people fight about most. What is the cause, sadly, for families breaking up, for brothers and sisters fighting? What is the cause for good friends and neighbors and people that are, it's 90% of all arguments in the world are all about money. Because in money, right, a person sees in their money, their, their strength to do what? To fulfill their aspirations in life. What they like, what they want, and so on and so forth. And therefore, the very fact that you have, I, I'm terrified that you might touch my money. This is mine, don't touch it. And if I think that you have something that might, could, should, probably, whatever, or I want, or I think it could be mine, or should be mine, or whatever, that's the reason for conflict. So money is the, is the cause for most machoikas and most argument. Here are the achdos, here are the unity, of matan Torah. The unity of the Jewish people, the deepest oneness of their neshamas, revealed itself not in a transcendental yearning to Hashem, but in the physical in their physical bodies. Not stam in their physical bodies, in the money, in the most earthy, tangible Gashmigastiga thing. Which, as we said earlier, the, the, the staple of Gashmias, the element of the physical, the material world, is the opposite of achdus. Every physical object takes up its own space. I am, and I mean my space, you know, two physical objects can't reside in one space. A physical object occupies space, which means it demands its own exclusive existence. That's the whole idea of physicality. And money, which is the symbol of physicality, of material world, which is the total opposite of achdus. So when we take the money and all of our, all Jewish money gets unified towards one cause, that's the highest achdus, because it's the achdus of Hashem expressing itself, permeating the world, not remaining above the world, permeating which is the whole purpose of making a mishkan. And that's why we'll also understand something really, really, really amazing. When did Moshe Rabbeinu gather the Jewish people? We said the day after Yom Kippur. And Rashi says, Beriditoi Menahar, when he came down the mountain. So what's the significance of that? We know that Yom Kippur is a day that we all make friends with each other. What do we do before Yom Kippur? Yeah. It's one of the things we ask for forgiveness, just in case we, you know, we offended someone, we insulted someone, we did something wrong. We fight, we we fought, we had a quarrel, whatever. So we make up. We ask for forgiveness. And Yom Kippur in the in the in the, in the, in the, in the we say it's a yom, it's a day that we all let go of our own grudges. We let go of our things. We all are be'achtos, and we say in Davening, v'yasukulam, aguda echos lasis ritzayncha. All Jews come to shul. All Jews get together especially Beruchnius, a little deeper, we know that in Yom Kippur, the deepest part of our neshama is revealed. It says that there are five levels to, to our neshama. Five levels, dimensions to a Jewish neshama. Nefesh, Ruach, neshama, Chai, and Yechida. Five levels of soul. And on a regular day, we only have access to three. Nefesh, Ruach, neshama, so we daven three tefillahs. Shabbos, Rosh Chodesh—it's a holy day. Yamtiv, we have access to a higher level called the Chai. And then only in Yom Kippur we daven five tefillis and we also have five inuyim, five inflictions. Yom Kippur is a day of five, because what happens in Yom Kippur—the fifth dimension is revealed. What's the fifth dimension? The fifth dimension is the pintoledid. The fifth dimension is the spark of the e that's each, that's in each and every one of our neshamas. And that spark of Hashem is absolutely one. That's the point where all Jews are one. We're not two, we're one. Yom Kippur, what's the finale of Yom Kippur? Ne'ilah, and, what, and what's the finale of Ne'ilah? Everybody screams with all their heart and soul, Shema Yisrael, Hashem, Elokeinu, Hashem, Echad. And at that one second, there's just one neshamah. The Jewish people are at that one second, one soul. They and Hashem are totally one at that moment. It's the highest moment. But how do we have that? We're very far from our bank accounts. We're very far from our businesses. We're far from all material things. We completely detach from the physical world to unify, to stay, to be in a state of achdus, similar to the achdus that the Jewish people had at the foot of Har Sinai. We leave the world of fragmentation. We leave the world of discord, the world of strife, and we elevate to a very high spiritual level where we have no problem being one. The question is, what's, what's the moral of Yom Kippur? That's the question. What happens the day after Yom Kippur? You know what happens the day after Yom Kippur? We go down the mountain we're going back into the world. When we go back into the everyday life, and everybody goes back, everybody goes back to their vineyard, to their own fig tree. Let's translate vineyard and fig tree in today's world. You go back to your emails and to your Whatsapps and to your other Meshagas that we all have, our own businesses, our own life, and our own occupation. Huh? It's very possible that we lose the unity. So if you a C, what do we do on the day after Yom Kippur? In order to keep and maintain the unity every year, we go ahead and we build the sukkah. And what the sukkah really is, it's translating the unity of Yom Kippur more down to earth. You, sukkah is such a, a yamtiv of achdas The Gemara says all the Jewish people are fitting to sit in one sukkah. Really? A sukkah has no barriers, has no walls. You have to have a few walls in a sukkah, but... Technically, every Jew, hypothetically, can sit in one sukkah. It's an achdus, all Jews come together in a sukkah. Dalad Minim expresses even more the unity. The fact that even though there's four different types of Jews, we all bond together. That's the chiddush. It's one thing to be unified in Yom Kippur. That's from where we draw our kayach to be one. We reach, we strip away the externalities of our personality, of, our, of, our extern, of the outer human, the outer person, to reach the deepest inner core of our nefesh shalikis, al Once we expose that, our job is to bring it down. That we remain unified even when we all go our own way. And that's exactly what Rashi says. When did Moshe Rabbeinu unify the Jewish people? Vayakel Moshe. Moshe gathered the Jewish people. machras Yom Kippur. It's a day after Yom Kippur. menahar. Har represents you're in an elevated state. You're in the, you're in the clouds. The passage actually says, the clouds covered the mountain. So Yom Kippur, a Jew is in the clouds. You're high up there. A day after Yom Kippur, you come down from the mountain, you go back into your office, you go back into your home, you go back into your daily shopping, you go back into the everyday grind and grime of life. And yet, Yakil el gathers all the Jews. In what? Not only does he gather us to maintain the achtos, even when we come down the mountain, but actually even stronger. We use the fragmented, the source of our, the, the source of our discord, which is money, and we use it for a singular project, for, for something that's going to unite us. What united the Jewish people at that moment? What united them is that they all ran home to get their materials, their donations, and they were all running to one singular address. Where were they all running? They were running to the they all want. That means that the money themselves drove them to the Achdos, drove them to the unity. So money is amazing. Money can be the biggest, biggest fall for a person. It can be a, a slippery slope. And on this other time, money can raise a person to the greatest heights. The, 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 the it says from one of the big tzaddikim, I forgot already who, maybe Rabzusha Zusha of Anapoli, I'm not sure, but one of the big tzaddikim. In a Sulam Mutzav it says by Yaakov Avinu, Sulam, a ladder, stands on the ground, he saw the ladder on the earth, the word sulam is Gematria 136. Samach Vav Lamad Mem 136. Exact Gematria of Mama in money. So money is, has, has the option. It can, it, it, can be, it can bury a person in the ground. Artsa means in the ground. Spiritually, it can completely destroy a person. It can destroy families. It can rip people apart. At the same time, money can be a powerful, powerful unifier. Our generation was blessed with a merit of giving tzedakah like there's never been before. One of the other things that, 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 that separate people today in a way that, we're so, that could be a source of separation is, I don't have it now with me, that little gadget, right? Our phones. So you walk with people, it could be 20 people in a room by, I could be five, 300 people by a chassan. You <laughs> see that? And people are just, everybody's in their nose and their phone. Right so it's a thing that is in a sense separating you you're, you're in your own you can be in company of so many people but you're in your own world and take it the beauty of what we have today I'm just noticing I see my father told me that he's beginning to see all the chassidish schools are also catching on to this they're all doing these these social media campaigns do raising enormous amount of money in 60 hours, we have time, and everybody joins together in that mitzvah. Everybody sends it to their friends, and suddenly, like it becomes a powerful one nakuda, one point. Everybody wants to help out that Jew, that person, that entity, that that family. That that is an unbelievable achdos. in money, dafka, through your cell phone. It's unbelievable. We we turn the world's darkest element over into a source. Of unity and oneness, and the giloy and the revelation of Achdos Hashem in the fragmented and in the separation. And that's the purpose of it all. Okay. So we understand why Vayakal Moshe is now an introduction to making the Mishkan. But what is Shabbos having over here? Here's the thing how does one overcome this? the inherent, the inherent selfishness embedded? in fortune and in money. Sahara is all over money. money. Money has that powerful energy to, to, to cause division, to separate, to, to bring discord. That, that's its nature. So how does one overpower the money? And quite on the contrary, unlock the true power of the money, that the money is really made to build the mishkan, and to bring unity in a, in, in a diverse and separate world. How do we do that? For that we need the introduction of Shabbos. What Shabbos does is that Shabbos is so powerful. The power of Shabbos is that Shabbos keeps us above that suction of the material physical existence especially of money. You see, why is money so dear? Because a person feels like, like, this is my... This is what I live on. This is my entire... Like, what am I going to eat tomorrow? What am I going to have tomorrow? This This is what I'm holding on to this. This is my savior. This is my life. This is what... And I worked so hard for this. It's my hard earned money. And therefore, I should, why should I give it to anybody? I need it for myself. And I have to be assured that who's going to take care of my children, take care of my grandchildren. And maybe one day, who knows what's going to happen. So I have to make sure that I have the money put away in a Swiss bank, that I, and I have it well portfolio. I have everything set up in a way that I'm safe and secure for like three million years and so on and so forth. That's what a person thinks. The nature of money comes Shabbos. And what is the message of Shabbos? If a person is obsessed with making a living, Shabbos tells you that one day you can't work for a living. Can't do anything. Sit in your house, can't pick up the thought, I, whatever, who knows, I've been working on this business deal for who knows how long, and I forgot to send the guy the email, and I know that if he doesn't get it, who knows what, it's over. Can't. So you're forced to acknowledge. That it's Hashem who is the support of your life. Then Hashem is the one who runs the show. He is the one who created the world. He is the one who gives you every... He's the one who's the source of your success. He's the source of your money. And He's the source of everything that you have and everything that you own. And anything but Shabbos wouldn't do it. Take Shabbos out of the Jewish experience and allow people to be able to work every single day of the week and just tell them let's learn and let's be inspired through other kinds of inspirations, it wouldn't, have a, 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 it, wouldn't ha- it wouldn't have that effect at all. It's the fact that Shabbos, everything stops and we repeat it every six days, every seven days, again and again and again, it's the most powerful lesson. You are helpless. The eight, why do you go work? Not because you're the source of your income. You're the source of your life. You're the source of your blessings. Hashem is the source. Why do you go work? Hashem wants to give it to you through your labor. He thinks it's not too good if we're bored and we don't do anything. So he has us working. But it's not your work that creates it. It's Hashem's gifts and Hashem's blessings. And when a yid knows this, and when a yid feels this, and he senses it, and he recognizes it. So then what happens? He's not obsessed with his money. I have it. It's good to have. I need it. But you know what? I'm not dependent on it. I have a much bigger there that I'm dependent on and that I lean on. As a matter of fact, I don't lean at all on the money. And it's okay if I don't have another penny for tomorrow because I know Hashem will take care of me tomorrow. If I have, it's good. And if I have extra, I should do what Hashem wants and not only if I have extra. The real purpose Hashem gave me money is for me to do what? To build them a mishka. That's the real reason for it. So now let's take a look at the pasuk. That's my So that's why, in order for the Jews, first of all, to part with their money and give it to the Mishkan, in order for the Jews to 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 to, to use their money for a joint project, all of them together, so that it can and, and through that bring out the achtus of the Ebrister in this world, as we spoke earlier. You need the introduction of Shabbos, but here's the thing: the pasuk says, "What is the most important element of Shabbos?" (laughs) Sheishes yamim, six days of the week, te'asem alacha. The work should get done on its own. You know what that means? Very important. It's only when a yid has the message of Shabbos deep inside, he doesn't get completely consumed. In the work that he's doing during the week, or he or she are doing during the week, you see, if you really, 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 really believe that your money and your business and your work and your your job or your whatever it is is the source of your of your existence and your life, it's your foundation, then you become consumed in that. That means that you work with all your heart, all your soul. You put your everything into it. But if you have a, if you're a Shabbos de Giyid, if Shabbos permeates your soul, the message of Shabbos gets in gets into a person's bones, then what happens during the week? You work. But your work is being done kind of with a detachment. I'm doing. If I'm doing things and I know it's not dependent on this, it's dependent on the Avishthis brother. So my main occupation is to learn Torah, do mitzvahs. Even at work, what am I looking for? I can stop, I can learn a perik mishnayis in the middle of my work. Then I can help out that there's a certain people that need a certain needs to get... I can do that. I'm going to work, I'm going to do, don't worry. And you know what? Everybody knows in business, you can work for 15 hours and accomplish nothing. And sometimes with the Ebersh de Zatzlacha, you make that one phone call, and it's that one thing that gives you the success that for... So... If you're doing what Hashem wants, then you, all you have to do is that one phone call that otherwise you would run around and make 30 phone calls in order to hit that one. And over here, you're going to go straight to that one. Why? Because Hashem is going to send you to what He needs to send you. When a person does that, you have, you have this tremendous tranquility during the week. Not Shabbos. During the week, you're also tranquil. That's the meaning. You let the work get done. You're not doing it. It's as if it's happening on its own. And then, what happens? You're a Shabbos the even during the week. You're not scattered, you're not, you don't have tension and stress, because you're detached. So even during the week, you're a Shabbos the So when it comes Shabbos, Shabbos is not Shabbos. When Shabbos comes, it's Shabbos Shabbos. It's a much stronger Shabbos. It's a, it's a real Shabbos. It's not like Shabbos comes, you collapse, you fall down, you're, uh, I'm resting. No, you're resting already during the week. You're on vacation during the week as well. You're not stressed out. Because it's Shabbos. Shabbos extends over the week. And on the seventh day, Shabbos, Shabbos, in a double Shabbos. How do you accomplish that? Only one way. Don't turn the heat on. Don't put fire on. Fire means passion. B'chol means in all of your... Mosh simply means in all of your inhabitants, in all the places you live. The deeper meaning, in your businesses, which is material, physical life, which a Jew needs to have. You need to work, you need to make a living, you need to have gashmias so that you can serve Hashem. Don't put your fire there. As a Jew, your fire should be where? In holiness. In serving Hashem. That's your fire. That's your passion. You got to do a lot of other things. You do it. So when it's when savari it's, esh, which is the main message of Shabbos, take the heat, the passion, the fire, out of the... Don't be obsessed with the material, physical world. Pull back. Do it. The Pasik says, very special parak in Tehillim, which speaks about the, um, The toil of your hands you should eat, not the toil of your head. Don't put your head. The fifth Chabad Rebbe, Reb Shom Dov had a chassid, who went into the business of boots, Kaloshim. And he came to the Rebbe once, for a yachidus, for a private audience, and, uh, and he was asking you you know, his questions about his business and so on and so forth and the Rebbe says in other words in English he said a person has their feet in their boots but a head in the boots a head doesn't belong in your boots the spiritual meaning in that a Jew doesn't have to put his head in his work remain above, remain aloof and you know what, you're not going to lose anything it's not like you think you're going to be verse bashert to be a millionaire and have a lot of money is going to have it with a tiny little bit of work. And whoever is not bashert for whatever reason <laughs> all the work and all the labor is not going to add. You have to make a shtadlos do a shtadlos just because the to said to do a shtadlos. But don't buy into the lie that the physical world creates as if there is something other there is some other power than our shem. And then you can build a Mishkan. So now we find the tremendous flow of these Pesukim. gathering all the Jew- Jewish people ba'achtos together. The ultimate project is that we should take our monies, our physical resources. That means after Yom Kippur, meaning down in this world, back down here in the concrete world that's so, as we said earlier, so disjointed. And we work together to unify it and reveal Hashem Echad. The only way to do it is if you don't become consumed in it. If you be- if you're consumed in the material world, it's going to eat you up and pull you into the fragmentation, splinter you as well. A, a beautiful Jew who belongs to to, a, to an amechad is going to become, a, like a common says, mefuzar and You're going to become scattered in a million pieces. That's not. Then you can't fix the world if you yourself are not unified. Now we'll quickly connect it both to Purim and to the Chatsi, the Machtas Asherkel we said earlier the story of Purim you see the Shkolem have the same message that we give every year we give a Machtas HaShekel the Shekel has the exact same message the thing about the Shekel is that we all give a chatzi Shekel two, two, two characteristics about the Shekel one characteristic about the Shekel is that every Jew only gives a half a Shekel you only give half the other thing about the Shekel is that everybody gives the exact same amount Talking to to Yidden and you're asking for a donation, shouldn't we shouldn't we separate and say whoever can give more give a lot. The rich should bear the burden, the burden of the of the of the of the of the, uh, of the tax of the of the project. The poor schlepper doesn't have too much. Let him give something. Why over here do we say everybody equal? Why is that? But why? And the reason, yeah, you're right. It's achdos, but why? Because the machtas hashekel is as follows. The avoid of machtas hashekel represents that you're only half. Half, with another Jew you're complete, but also the other half of you is Hashem. Every year there's is a chedek, l'chaim, ima, mamish, this little piece of Hashem. And a Jew has to feel and know that I'm not complete only if I completely connect myself. I give myself over to Hashem, it should become a shekel Hashem of a complete shekel. This kind of giving, to give yourself over to the point where you become Hashem, where you feel so. In other words, when a person feels that I'm only a half, I have no shlemos, I have no completion at all, unless I am unified with Hashem, brings a person to a connection to Hashem on a level of mesiras nefesh. What does Masiris nefesh mean? Mesiras nefesh means doesn't mean going in a fire. Mesiras nefesh doesn't mean to die necessarily. It means that too, if necessary. Mesiras nefesh means my relationship with Hashem is non-negotiable. That's what it means. It means that, 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 that I don't consider anything. There's nothing There's nothing in the world that, will, that, that gets... If, if something needs to get done, I'm going to do it, no matter what. No matter what. It's, why? It cannot not happen. That's the idea. And that you can only feel if you, feel if you feel that you're a Matthias, if you feel you're a somebody, you're a substantial being, and there is Hashem and great, then, okay, it's nice to be connected to Him. But if you realize that you're only a half, meaning you don't have a Matzius without him, like the Mahta Sashako represents, it leads a person to a Mesir Nafish, to a complete selfless devotion, to a commitment to Hashem that's limitless, that's infinite. Which, in turn, can only come... Where does Mesir Nafish come from? Mesir HaSnafesh comes from, the, as we said earlier, from the deepest point in the yid, in the Neshama, from the Pintel Yid that's a Yid's that pintal yid, which is the Mahtis hashekel shekel that you're giving, like Rashi says, it's a madbeya shal-esh, it's a fiery coin, and that all Jews are the same. This, that one Jew is a rich Jew, and the other Jew is a poor Jew, spiritually meaning, one Jew is very, a big scholar, and he knows a lot, and the other one is a very simple yid. The other guy is a yid who doesn't even keep mitzvahs. The other one doesn't even know that he's Jewish, but he's still Jewish. The Pintal Yid is, 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 is equal by every single Yid. That's why dafke by a shekel, which represents this Nekud the of Mesir HaSnafesh, the deepest point of the Jewish the Dafke in the Machtas shekel, we say everybody's equal. So Machtas shekel again represents that unity, that, in this, that indispensable unity, the point of indivisibility where all yidden are unified and totally one. And what do we do with Machtas Shekel? So every year, we said earlier, that unity is necessary when we're going to build a Mishkan. Every year when we begin our project of building a Mishkan. When do we begin our project of building a Mishkan? The truth is we built the Mishkan when? Only back then. Is there a yearly building of a Mishkan? Yes. Every year when they started using the new Karbonah, that's considered beginning the Mishkan project over again. We're starting to take... We take the resources of the Jewish people's money. Money represents... Wow, that did we say before. Money represents all the... Everybody's own personal life. Everybody's own personal businesses. All that money flows from all the different directions into one fund, into the Beis Amigdash. And we're going to use it to enhance the Mishkan, to bring karbonahs, connect the world to Hashem. A carbon is also a means of connecting the world to Hashem. Every year, when do we do that? On... On, on, on Nisan Nisan is when we start the new project of Mishkan as a hachonah for that as a preparation for that we need achtas as we said earlier Vayakhel Moshe Moshe gathered the Jewish people in order to build a Mishkan we need achtas so therefore how do we do it with a machtas shekel a machtas shekel is the ultimate symbol of achtas of the Jewish people and but when does it happen it comes out in Chodesh Adar Chodesh Adar is as we said earlier introduction to Nisan but watch this. This expresses itself also. And we'll be done in a minute. This expresses itself also in Purim, because Purim Chazal tell us was the completion of Matan Torah. Because by Matan Torah Hashem forced us to keep the mitzvahs. That's what it says. He kept. He held the mountain of our head, so it, we really weren't. It wasn't voluntary. But when it came on Purim. When it came on Purim, we accepted it out of love, Rabbi Gemara says. So Purim is really the completion of Matan Torah. What happens a day after Matan Torah? What did we say? What happens a day after Matan Torah? Vayakel b'nei Moshe as kol Yisrael. goes and gathers the Jewish people. In other words, Matan Torah gives us the empowerment. What's, what's Matan Torah? Matan Torah is Hashem coming down here in this world, empowering us, to reveal His unity in the world. So just like after Yom Kippur, Moshe Rabbeinu comes down, gives us the project of making a Mishkan. And that project of making a Mishkan begins with what? First an Achtos, then through that Achtos we build the Mishkan. So in Purim we have the same thing. What do we see that on Purim? On Purim, all the Jewish people are united. The lushan that it says in the Megillah, that we received the Torah on Purim, it says, Vikibel HaYehudim. Same like it says by Matan Torah, Yichan he Sham he camped opposite the mountain. By, by Purim, it says, ha HaYehudim, in the singular. The, the many Yidn, he received all as one. And, and who affected our Achtos on Purim? How did all the Jewish people come together on Purim and Achtos? Through Mordechai, the Medrash says in, in, in Medrash Rabbin in, 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 in Megillah Esther. The Medrash says, Mordechai b'doyray b'doy Mordechai is the same power like Moshe Rabbein. So just like who was the one who made the achtos of the Jewish people, who unifies Yidden, Moshe Rabbein, Vayakel? Moshe. So who who unified the Jewish people? Esther tells Mordechai go gather everybody together let's make a gathering a unified gathering and we gather all the Yidden together but just like the theme of Parshas Vayakel and the theme of Machtas Shechel, is that the unity is not enough and I forgot to mention it by Machtas HaShekel because I told you that Machtas HaShekel represents the unity but there's something so special about Machtas HaShekel, which I forgot to say is that it expresses itself again in money That transcendental oneness is not some abstract thing. It it expressed itself in a physical coin. In other words, the area where we're the most separated, that's where we join. That's where we're one. Not in some cave, in some monastery, like after we fast 50 days, and we're like half alive in some spiritual state, that we're unified. No, in our money, in our physical money. Ah, Purim is the same thing. We gather together Purim, Ke'ish Echad B'Lei V'Echad, Leich Kola Yehudim, the Pintal yid comes out, and we know Purim and Yom Kippur are the same, Purim and Yom Kippur is like Purim, wow, it's the Nakud of And how do we celebrate that unity? Even deeper than Yom Kippur. Not through fat. not we're all together in shul fasting. What do we do on Purim? Very, very physical. Shalach Manis, Matonis and we party, and we party like crazy. But that partying doesn't separate us. It doesn't break us. It doesn't cause brawls and fights like a bar. It unifies the Jewish people. Unbelievable people that, you know, they're they're happy, they're dancing, they're embracing each other, they're loving each other. That's Purim. It's the achtos. It's that point, that transcendental oneness that's otherworldly. Finding expression in the material, physical, gashmi is the element of the Jew. And that's the whole theme of Parshish Vayakil. And all of this is extra, 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 super exciting. Because this week, Pasha's Vayakel, since the ultimate unity of Hashem is about to reveal itself in the world, because Mashiach is mamish, mamish about to come. So the Abishter inspired, somehow that I can't explain, women across the world, to make a Vayakel gathering, with aspiration, with yearning, for Mashiach, and it's transcending all different types and different people. It's all communities. And last I saw, already last week, was sixty-five communities across the world. B'chol table across the world, everywhere, in all continents, places Yidden getting together for one just an achdos, an achdos for waiting for Mashiach, davening for Mashiach, and like it says, that the merit of the of the Jewish women, Mashiach will come just like in the merit of Mitzrayim. And over there, they joined together in song and dance by Yetzirah Mitzrayim because they prepared their tambourines. So, so it says, it's going to be right when Mashiach comes. So if I was a lady, I would run to these guys. They don't let me in. What can I do? So, so, but this is very special. So tomorrow night, all women should go and this should be the first event that should, it should be non-stop. It should happen at least once a month. Until Mashiach comes, it should only get stronger and stronger and stronger. Hopefully, we'll already dance in the ultimate achtos and unity. Already, already now we don't have to wait till Nisan. We don't have to wait till it can happen already. It's almost like the Abish that said, "I wanted to wait till Nissan, but it was just such a good time. It was just such a good opportunity. I couldn't, I couldn't hold myself back." Will you forgive me that I didn't bring it on Nissan? Everybody will say, "For sure, right?" So maybe the merit, we should already have the ultimate Ge'ula, complete Ge'ula, Shalema, when it's going to be the complete and final vayakel Moshe, which Moshe and Mashiach is the same neshama, when the, and Hashem himself, it says, is going to gather every single Jew, the ultimate unity, and it, we're going to be so proud, because we're going to realize that the unity of the world in Mashiach is the is what we have caused by plowing through the diverse world, the diversity of creation, and bringing, blasting it with unity, That that's gonna and the whole world will recognize the uniqueness of the Jewish people and what we've contributed contributed and how we've revealed and brought the world into a state of the ultimate world peace that everybody dreams for and tranquility forever and ever. May we see it now. Vad gitt vi kyr i kursa